there are some things you just ought to know. That regardless what life throws at you, regardless what you're going through, you just know. One of the things they just told us, you ought to know that the blood still works. And that it would never lose its power. You ought to know that Jesus saved you. You just ought to know that you're saved by the blood and in the name of Jesus that you're saved right now. You ought to know that God works all things together for your good according to the purpose that he has for you. Is there anybody in the house that knows? And when you know something, you can stand flat-footed and tell the devil, I know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are embarking on the 19th sermon of the series, Knowing Yourself in Christ. Even in and through your crushing season. Because I know there's some folks going through some crushing. I, I know there's some folks going through the, the, the valley right now, but that's okay. Because you know you're in his hands. The thought today is we are becoming whatever we are beholding. <laughs> I, I will explain that. You are becoming, I am becoming whatever you are beholding. It's a spiritual principle. It is a spiritual truth that works for the good and the bad. Hallelujah. We are coming from the scripture of Philippians 3, 9, 14 out of the Amplify. And I will exegese it somewhat as we go through it. Amen. Amen. Paul says, I, and, and, and we are picking up where he left off. He said, and that I may be found in him, believing, watch this, and relying on him. Watch this. He's talking about salvation. Don't ever think you're good enough to be saved. Because you're not. When God talks about righteousness or being good, he looks at himself and says, you don't look like me. See, we compare ourselves to everybody else, but the standard is God. And unless you have been born again with the seed of his spirit, which makes us look like him, if he is looking for himself in you. And if you don't have his spiritual DNA, his spiritual sperm in you, by accepting Jesus Christ, you can't be saved. Let's go on. He says, not having any righteousness of my own. And Paul was a Pharisee, which means outwardly, he was more righteous than any of us. 
but it wasn't good enough. Let's go on. Which comes through faith. He said, my obedience to the law and its rituals. He said, but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes, and I would say only, comes only through faith in Christ. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis and only on the basis of your faith. Hallelujah. It's a gift. He's saying receive. Receive. Let me move on. He said, so this, so that I may know him. He said, based on that Christ has done this for me, I want to know him. <laughs> I want to I, I, I I I know him. I am determined that if I may know him, that I may progressively become more intimately, more, more, more deeply, more intimately acquainted with him. I want to know his heart. Not religion, relationship. Yes, sir. Not a church. The person of Christ Jesus has come into my life, so now I am falling more in love with him. If you don't have that, you better check yourself. Let's go on. Acquaint it with him. Perceive it and recognize and understand it. Watch this. The, the wonders of his person and more strongly and more deeply clear. See, see, it's not checking boxes on right or wrong. It's, it's coming to know his heart. If anybody could, could check boxes, it would be Paul. If anybody would perceive as righteous, it was Paul. But once he saw Christ, he said, that's nothing. That I may, in that same very way, come to know the power, the outflowing from his resurrection that is exerted over believers. There is a supernatural power that comes from the Holy Spirit in us that enables us not to. Let me, let me take it a step further. It enables you to be like Christ. Not of ourselves, not of our own strength. It's supernatural because we have the Holy Spirit. And if we die to self and come alive to him, the power of Christ and his love will flow through us. which is exerted over believers and that I may share in the suffering. You know what he's saying? He said, I love Christ so much, I don't mind suffering with him. Because in my suffering, I am continually transformed in my spirit into his likeness, even to his death. He said, I'm dying to self. So I can come alive in him. 
This in hope means I have an expectation on the table. Is anybody got an expectation on the table? Is anybody see a vision of yourself in Christ beyond where you at? And you are pressing towards that. He said that if, that if all possible, I may be attained the spiritual and moral resurrection. He said he's coming alive in me. The more I know him, the more I'm becoming like him. The more I'm beholding him and see him, the more it's becoming real in me. Matter of fact, he says, I don't even know who I am anymore because I'm not what I used to be. He said, I'm not dead no more. I'm alive while in the body. Next verse. He says, not that I may attend or ideal or have already become perfect. He said, I'm not what he has showed me yet. You can sit down. You can sit down. You can sit down. I hear y'all getting tired. <laughs> Somebody said, Lord, I shouldn't have worn my eight inches this morning. <laughs> He said, look what he's saying. He said, the closer I get, the clearer picture it is that I'm yet to become. Paul wrote most of the New Testament, and he is saying, though, though, though I'm changing and transforming, God keeps moving, or he keeps making clear he keeps revealing who I really am in Christ. So I keep pressing. He said, he said, he said, he goes on, he says, he says, so I, I, I'm not there yet, but there's one thing I do. I press. That's it. I got a couple of questions. Lord, even now touch. Even now, Lord, pour out. Even now. How do we become more like Christ? How do we live in faith and not in fear in spite of the fearful circumstances we're living in. <laughs> what does it mean beholding or what are you beholding? Because the truth of the matter is we become Whatever we are beholding, bad or good. We are made like this. This is the way God made us up. And I have some examples that I'm going to use. But, but, but whatever you are looking at with your mind's eyes, you literally are transformed or you take on that attitude that persona, that image. I've counseled people 
who were mad at their mama, mad at their dad because of their childhood and, and refused to, to forgive. And in their unforgiveness, what they did not know is that they kept on looking at that parent or whoever hurt them, they kept on looking at them, especially parents, and unbeknownst to them, because they were beholding them, they become to be just like them. Because whatever you don't let go of, whatever you keep looking at, whatever you, you, you allow to saturate your mind literally determines what you are going to be. Somebody said, give me scripture. Let me give you scripture. As a man or a woman thinketh in their heart, so are they. This principle, this, this spiritual principle was given so that you and I will find ourselves in Christ that we will behold him, which means not just reading, but looking. Not meditating, thinking about. Allowing the word of God to get in us. Listen, you think you do a, a, a good thing by reading the word? It is good, but it's not good enough. The devil reads the Bible. How I know that? Because when he came tipping Jesus, he was quoting scripture. He twisted some scriptures, but he knew he was twisting them. He, 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 he quotes scripture. <laughs> we, we have to allow this process of, of God has placed in us the seed of faith, and we have to work it. You have to water it. You, you, have, to, you have to nurture it. You have to de-weed it. And, and, and that which God has given us as water, that which God has given us as fertilizer, that's what he has given us to tend to uh, our, our faith. And faith really means trusting God and trusting him at his word. Yeah. Walking in faith and not by sight. Knowing that no matter what the devil throws at you, that God got you in his hands. Knowing that, that, that in the process of what God has shown you and promised you, if you keep your eyes on him, he will bring it to pass. You know how most of us pray? Most of us pray like this. Lord, now this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is what I want my life to be. Now bless it. That's not praying. That's wishing. Cause wonder if what you want, what you, what, what the scripture says, he gives my heart desire, he ain't talking about your fleshly heart. He's talking about that vision, that dream he has put in your spirit and you are walking with him so he can show you who you're supposed to be. What you're supposed to do. Listen, listen. Who you are is already in your spirit. Amen. 
It's not in your flesh. It's not in your emotion. It's not in you hope. It's in your spirit. But unless you walk it in the spirit, God can't reveal to you what he has for you, what he want to do in you. See, see, we so caught up in our, in our feelings and emotions, we can't hear the spirit talking. Once we are saved, there's a process of growing. You know, you know that the, the problem with the process, the problem with the, with the process is that it requires us to wait. And to trust the last thing he said. Oh, shut your mouth. My brothers and my sisters, do you really believe God is in control? Do you believe that he is sovereign? Do you really believe that he loves you and for you? And then watch this. Then that, the indication of what we believe is how we respond when life don't go our way. Western religion, our philosophy, our thinking has made God a genie and made us think we get what we want. You know what I'm discovering? The more I let go of my dreams for me and the more I catch hold of his dream for me, I realize that I didn't know what I was dreaming about. I realized that what God has for me, and even though he's taking me through the wilderness and the storm, that, that, that because his presence is there. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Because he's there. Did you know God will give you an oasis in the middle of the desert? And everybody will see the desert, but what you don't know is that, that they don't understand that he showed up good. <laughs> well, they don't understand God comes sees about you. Well, they don't understand that in the midnight hour, he'll wake you up in the middle of the night and he'll, and he'll, and he'll hold you and he'll rock you and he'll talk to you and he'll let you know he got you. Did you know that God's presence is better than anything this world has to offer you? But you don't learn that on the mountaintop. You learn that in the valley law. Letting go of what we thought, of what we think, and knowing that God has already set us up from the foundation of the world. He has already blessed us but, but we, by faith, have to run the journey. You know, you know what would be the worst thing? When we get to heaven and we see what we missed out on simply because we didn't trust him. We think this is a Burger King that says, have it your way. We think that this is gay, Sarah, Sarah. I think that's French. 
for what will be. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We, we, we are interactive with God, and God is saying, according to your faith, according to your faith, this is not a group coupon. <laughs> this, is, this is not a family deal. No, I'm dealing with each of you individually because each of you is my artwork, my masterpiece, and I'm, I'm taking you somewhere but you got to trust me when you don't understand. You got to trust me when you suffer loss. You got to trust me when it hurts. You got to trust me when I'm not speaking. You got to trust my heart towards you when it looks like opposite what is really going on. And Satan is giving you a picture that's not true. But you got to trust me at my word. It's difficult. It's hard. Hebrews chapter 4 gives us a picture, and, and, and the writer of Hebrew is really talking about the children of Israel after all that God has brought them through. Here, here they are with the Red Sea, all the plagues, just the, delivered them from their enemy, and then he just said, okay, 11-day journey into the promised land, but you got to fight, and I'm going to fight for you. But because their minds never changed. Because their thinking never changed. Instead of leaning on God, they were looking at their own ability. And the writer of Hebrews says that, he said, you never enter into God's rest for you. So here you are, walking around, God is still providing, their clothes don't wear out, their clothes are growing with the kids, the shoes are growing and don't wear out. He's providing manna in the desert, he's providing water, which had to be a river in the middle of the desert. And though he's taking care of them and leading them in a cloud by day and fire by night, they still not where they supposed to be. He said, you, you're tired of walking? Well, you could have been in houses that wasn't yours. You could have had vine yards and fruit from a, a land that's like milk and honey. But because you don't trust my heart towards you, I can't trust you with the blessing. And, and what the Hebrew writer said, it just didn't happen then. It is happening now with those of us that are in Christ Jesus. We are settling for crumbs when we could have God's best. Why? Because we are bent and determined to have our way. The only thing that, that, that matters in this journey that God requires us to grow is our faith. Watching this, this writer that I know about, his name is Bravery, and he was on TBN, and on and, and TBN he talked about this book, and he said, God showed him this, but God didn't tell him that he was going to take him to the desert. <laughs> 
through, through, through the hard times, through the fire, through all that, to get him there. He said he had to learn to trust God for what God says and not what he sees. He had to learn to trust God in the moments where he didn't understand. He had to trust God when all hell done broke loose. And he really wanted to get mad at God, but he remembered that all he had is God. And he said, Lord, but you said. Are you speaking the word of God to yourself? Speaking the word of God helps you look at God. He says to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua, go, go take the land that I have already given you. And as you place your foot on it, placing a foot on it was an act of faith, which means he had to fight through in order to place his foot on it. He said, but I have already given it to you, but you got to go take it, not by your skills, but by faith. Believing that if you go fight, that I have already won the victory, but you fighting is that you are using your faith. Did you know you have to fight? Many of us are fighting the wrong battle. We fight one another. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your fight is the devil. So why you fussing with everybody else? We need to open up our mouth and tell the devil who we are in Christ. We need to tell the devil, I'm covered by the blood. We need to tell the devil that I'm already victorious. Whatever God tells you, tell the devil. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm already blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly. I know my father loves me, and this too will pass if I just stand here. That's looking, that's beholding the word of God in your life. That's understanding. See, your mouth is a gate to your heart. And if, and if it's full of complaining, if it's full of negativity, whatever you say out of your mouth is what you see. Funny. Glass half full, but you think it's half empty. Funny. Can't see what God has done. You just see what he hasn't done yet. Funny, instead of praising God, we're complaining against God. And it's not that God hasn't done anything. You still here, aren't you? It's perspective. Satan comes against our faith. He comes against our talk and trusting God at his word, trusting God's nature, trusting God's heart, and, 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 it, and it shows up. Oh, it really doesn't matter what we sing on Sunday. 
when you know that he loves you, when you know there's power in the blood, when you know he's faithful, when you know that you accepted Jesus a long time ago and he's been good every since. So why would he stop blessing you now when you know that he talks to you, that he walks with you, that he walks you to sleep when you know he's been your healer and your keeper. When you know you should have been dead a long time ago. But Jesus, but Jesus. You got to move from religion to relationship. You got to move from it being about you to it being about him. There is an opening of our heart that I, I think sometimes, I, 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 I take that back. I know all the time requires pressure. It is the hard shell of a seed going pop. Because as long as that seed lays there dormant, there's no pop. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, he placed the seed of the Holy Spirit in you, but then he works to make the seed go pop. So many times he, he, he put stuff because it has to be an environment that's gonna create heat. Has to be an environment that is gonna go pop. How much time I got? I don't got much time. But let me go here, let me, let me go. So there should be some pop. Pop, pop, pop. Pop. Pop, 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 pop. Pop, pop, pop. That's happening. My brother and my sister, the question that I have is have you given it to Jesus? Have you placed it in his hands? I, I, I was watching the Ten Commandments, you know, that old movie. You know, they, they don't have enough money to make a movie like that anymore. <laughs> but I noticed that that Moses was in the desert and, and those pictures they would show Israel were just like that. It's desert. It's hill. It's not trees. It's rocks. He, he Jephro came and, and he looked at and said, there's a bush that is burning. And scripture says, and, and he quoted this, just uh, a Hester quoted this. He said, let me turn aside to see what this is. God is always there, but many times he's off on the side 
to see if we are looking for him. Yes, sir. He's always present. He's always in the midst. He is never far away. He's right there. And he is causing aggravation or something. And my question is, are you curious enough to look in his direction? Moses was curious enough to say, I got to go see. That, that he's at, he's at, he's at, he's at, he at Mount Murrin, or he's at Mount Sinai, which both of them the same mountain, but it's called the Mount of God. And he's climbed up the mount, and, and he comes to a place, and he sees this bush. Listen, there was, there was, there was always bushes burning, but this one wouldn't burn up. My question is, where is God working in your life and trying to get your attention, but your purpose is looking the opposite way? He's always working. He's always there. He's, he's ready to manifest, but he requires us to look away from everything else and look to him only. He acquired our full attention so that we can see him and him only. There's some things we got in our hands. We need a place in God's hands. I'm almost finished. Matthew 14. Jesus had been teaching and it's the multitude. They've been there for three days, and the disciples come to him. He said, Master, you got to send them away. They, 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 they're hungry. They got to walk. They may pass out on the way. So, so we got to send them away so they can go home. Jesus said, feed them. They said, we don't have nothing to feed. Hold on, hold on. Don't you think Jesus knows that? Many times, now listen to me real closely, our trouble is to make us look to him because he already knows we can't solve it. Our trouble is to put us in a predicament so we have no other choice. Well, you do have another choice. But, but, but where, you, where, where either you're going to die trying, get discouraged, are you going to put it in his hand? Yeah. Then Andrew comes and he said, I got a little boy here who got two small fishes and five loaves of bread. It was the boy's lunch. He said, but what is that among something like 10 to 15,000 people? Jesus said, put them in groups. Let them sit down. Let them, matter of fact, let them recline. We about ready to feast. <laughs> Not just sit down, but recline. You know, like it's Thanksgiving dinner. You know, recline. Unbutton your, your, your pants so your stomach can, you know, bulge out. 
And what they did was they took these two fish and these five little bit and they put it in his hands. Did y'all hear that? They put the little bit, something that, that could not, was not adequate, but they put it in the master's hand. It was nothing magical about the two small fish or, or the five loaves. The secret and the message of the story is that they had enough sense to know that they couldn't solve the problem. So they took the little bit that they had and they placed it in the master's hand. They looked to Jesus and said, I can't solve this. I can't fix this. I don't have enough, but I take the little bit of the nothing that I have and I put it in the master's hand. Jesus started praying and started breaking. Now, I don't understand this, but he kept on breaking and kept on breaking. I don't know how he multiplied by dividing, but doesn't that sound like God? He took the loaf and broke it and kept on breaking. He took the two fish and broke it and kept on breaking. And the Bible said, that everybody was fed, completely filled, till they didn't want anymore. Hold on, check this out. There was so much that 12 baskets was left over. So there was one basket for each disciple to take home to their family. Did you know that God is more than enough. All he wants us to do is place it. All your cares, all your worries, all your concerns, all your problems, no matter what it is, take your children, place it in his hands. Take your grandkids, place them in your hands. And listen, once you place it in his hands, don't take it back. Start praising him. Start thanking him. Your finest, place it in his hand. You know that's what tithing is about. You're placing it in his hand. Whatever it may be, if you look on the Jesus and say, I'm gonna keep on keep you in my mouth, Joshua. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. But keep on saying, you promised you was gonna give us this land. A land of milk and honey. I don't care who comes against us. He promised, he promised, he promised. Is there anybody in here standing on the promises of God? Neighbor, he promised he would keep me. He promised 
promise, he promised, and my God can't lie. The more you look to him, the more you become like him. Stuff just start dropping off. Somebody said just be obedient. You can't be obedient without looking at him. There's a power. There's a power. There's an anointing. That makes you walk towards your calling so that you can become what he created you to be. His masterpiece, his artwork, full of his glory. He called you by name with a purpose in mind. And do you think he's going to leave you to do it by yourself? He doesn't want somebody to say, yes, Lord. No matter what, yes, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Whatever it takes. Lord, mold me. Lord, shake me. Lord, break me. So I can See why you created me so I can find my place in Christ. Those of you that are watching on TV, I hope you know him. I, I hope you have accepted Jesus because life begins when you accept Jesus. Yes. You don't know what life is really about until you realize that the one who created you created you for himself. And he said, Lord, come into my life. I let go of what I think. I let go of what I want. Lord, teach me how to trust you. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And here, Lord, I give it in your hands. Those that are in the house, I got ministers here. If you just need prayer, if you don't, just don't know, if you haven't accepted Jesus, if you want to become a member of this church, they will talk with you and they will show you. They will lead you in prayer. He loves you. But you got to learn to trust him and come out of the deception that Satan has laid on all of us that God's not for you. Father, even now, Lord, take this little bag and multiply it in the lives of all those that heard it. Lord, you're the only one that can give increase. You're the only one that can multiply. So I ask that there would be a miracle with this little bit of word and that it will multiply and feed multitudes that they may see and hear you 
Lord Jesus, it's you. Lord Jesus, not just in word, but in your, how you manifest yourself, how you will love on us, how you will show yourself to us who believe. Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for calling us your own. Thank you for wanting us more than we want you. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.